You can be seated. Man, uh, we are so excited that you're here with us today. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, and this is my incredible wife, Tori. And uh, we're excited because we are um, wrapping up a message series all on relationships. We've called it Relationship Playbook. And the whole purpose of this series was to really help you and I in the area of relationships. So we've talked about friendships. We've talked about singleness and dating. We talked about what it looked like to be a good neighbor. And today, uh, we're going to come to you and we're going to talk about marriage. And uh, we're going to do it together because, uh, well, it takes two people to do a, a marriage. And on top of that, as we kind of talk about marriage today, you know, before we dive in and, and get too far, I do want to say, um, if you are a first-time guest with us, we are so honored, whether you're in person or online. Church, can you do me a favor, and can you help me welcome every first-time guest with us? Come on. Come on. And if it is your first time and you're in person, we'd love to connect with you, so be sure to stop by the New Here Lounge. We've got a gift that we'd love to give you as a way of saying thanks, and if you're online, you can head to propel.church slash hub, and there you'll be able to uh, fill out a connect card, let us know that you are here today. As we kind of get ready to talk about marriage, um, Tori and I knew that we were going to be talking about marriage for the last uh, several weeks, and I'm just going to be honest, um, we fought like crazy to get here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know when you're about to experience some big breakthrough and you just seem to be like at each other? Like, we believe that uh, marriage is not something that you're going to perfect. It's something that you're always working on. It's progress over perfection. And uh, so we're, as we talk to you about marriage today, here's what we don't want you to think. We don't want you to think that we're perfect, that we never argue or never fight. That's not true because that's not how marriage works. I think healthy relationships have disagreements and they have arguments because they're two people with different perspectives and different things like that. Before we dive in like too deep today, why don't you tell them how we met and uh, how you met this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we met almost nine years ago, um, which is crazy. We've been married seven of those nine, um, which means we met and were married within 18 months. Um, we did not waste any time, and it would have been shorter had I not been gone to Wisconsin for six months. Um, yeah, so my, let's see, I graduated high school and did missions with an organization called YWAM, um, was back and my parents were like hey we're gonna switch churches chase my brother uh, has been leading worship for this youth group we're gonna go um, try them out and so I went that Sunday um, I met him and uh, I met him without a beard um, and no beard no beard uh, and I thought you were 30 something yeah it's better um, with a beard <laughs> She thought I was an old man already. I, yeah, which I was not in. So when I met him, um, I was in between, like, I was getting ready to go to Bible school. So God was like, hey, like, no dating. And I was like, okay, no problem. Like, I'm, there's literally no one at home. I'm going, um, and then I'm leaving. And so, uh, and then I met Pastor Nick. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we met, and he was uh, my brother's youth pastor. Yeah. Um and we just started talking. Um, I didn't, I still don't call it a date. It was a date. It was not so a here's date. Here's what happened. So we were talking, <laughs> and uh, she had come to an event that I was speaking at mm -hmm. that night. He was leading worship. My brother. Uh, her brother was leading worship. Mm -hmm. I was speaking. And at the end of that, she was telling me 
about this missions work. And so I looked at her and said, hey, I would love to go have lunch sometime and hear more about what God is doing in your life. Um, that's the Christian way of asking somebody out on a date, right? <laughs> she might not have called it a date, but mm-hmm. I like that was my intention behind it. And you, so yeah. asked her out to lunch, yes. and uh, we went to lunch together. Mm-hmm. And, and you told me you were playing a church, and I said, that's great. I'm going to Russia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, that ain't going to work. So Yeah, obviously I did not. Um, I came back. We talked um, a lot while I was gone. Yeah. Um, we used Skype. No one uses Skype anymore. Right. Um, but we used Skype because we didn't have Zoom. Um, but we just, you know, talked a lot. We prayed a lot together. Yeah. Um, and when I got back, let's see, we started dating in March, got engaged in July, and married in January. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, yeah. through that whole process, the the thing that uh, we found that was so important for us, and it's actually the first thing that we have uh, in our notes today. And we're going to talk about marriage, but but truthfully, this applies whether you're married or you're not. Maybe you're dating right now, and uh, if you are dating right now, we talked about dating last week uh, in the message there. But as you date, we think, and as you get married, it's super important that your foundation should be individually and jointly built on Jesus. Right. So Tori and I were two individual people mm-hmm. who both had a foundation in Jesus, and then together that foundation just became stronger. Right. It wasn't that I had a strong relationship with Jesus and Tori didn't. It was that both of us had our individual relationships, the foundation was solid, and then the foundation just became even more stronger once we came mm-hmm. together, and the yeah. two uh, became one. Yeah. Yeah, and we think it's super important to prioritize your relationship with Jesus. We talk about as a foundation, if you think about a house, um, walls and furniture make terrible foundations. And so just like, you know, those don't make great foundations for houses, like your spouse or your kids or your work or your friends don't make a good foundation for your life. And so it's super important that you build on the right foundation because if you build on the wrong foundation, what is built on top actually isn't stable. Yeah. And so in order to have a stable, I think, and I think as you, if you build your foundation on Jesus, everything you build on top of that is stronger. Right. And once you do that, like, like having Jesus as the foundation just determines the outcome of the rest of your relationships in yeah. general, not just marriage, but friendships and the relationship you have with your kids and your coworkers. I mean, Jesus calls himself the chief cornerstone, right, right in, in Ephesians. And, mm-hmm. and uh, as the chief cornerstone, you know, that's the foundation in which everything else is built on. Yes. And so, uh, but I also love that in Matthew, Jesus tells the story, and he, he tells a story about, uh, guys that build two houses, and one guy builds a house on sand, and the other guy builds a house on rock. And he says, whoever builds their house on the sand, when the storm comes in, uh, the house crumbles because the foundation is wrong. But whoever builds their house on the rock can withstand the storms. Right. And then Jesus, at the end of that, uh, he says, whoever chooses to hear these words and put them into practice will be wise. And I think it's really important that we make sure, in marriage especially, that our foundation is built on Jesus. Because it's not a matter of, like, if storms are going to come, it's when. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to experience storms in marriage. If anybody tells you that marriage is easy, they ain't been married, right? Like, <laughs> and, and I think we, you know, we've learned a lot over the last 12 months. Um, we have the privilege of, of working together, but I know in talking and, and, and pastoring people through this last season, um, it's been incredibly difficult. For some of us, you know, who are married, you were used to your spouse going to work and, like, not seeing them for a significant portion of the day, and then they were, like, stuck in the house with you uh, for a long period of time, and so you didn't know whether or not to kill them or not, right? Like, you were debating, but it's really important that we have a foundation built on Jesus. Yeah, I love what Ephesians 4, 2 through 6 says. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. So we uh, love getting super practical with people. So I'm going to give you three uh, really practical things. Uh, we are going to give you three. I'm so used to just teaching by myself. Um, here's the first one. Uh, you need to spend time individually with Jesus. So in your, um, I, I don't know what your calendar looks like, but a lot of people uh, let their calendar control them rather than controlling their calendar. You need to calendar and spend intentional time with Jesus. So whether that's first thing in the morning, like some people, you're morning people. If you're a morning person, like raise your hand, like you are up early and you are ready to go. Y'all are weird, right? Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to talk to nobody. I need coffee, four shots of espresso, and then maybe we're ready to have a conversation. Uh, Maybe it's in the afternoon or the evening. Maybe it's your lunch break. Wherever it is, be super intentional about getting that individual time with Jesus. And if at all possible, make it daily. I think God would rather have five minutes a day with you than than 30 minutes once a week. Because a relationship is conversational in nature. So so spend that daily time with God. It makes a really big difference. Yeah, and the second thing that we have is spend time together with Jesus. So it's important that you spend, that you have your personal relationship with Jesus on point. But then it's also important to spend time with your spouse, um, with Jesus. So some of the things that we do um, and that we highly suggest is, um, and we started doing this, I don't know how long ago. It was during quarantine because we realized we we needed we more needed Jesus. More Jesus. <laughs> yes. right. um, but we started doing um, a, div- a version devotional every night before bed. We would just pick a devotional and go through it for how many days, however many days it was. And we would, um, you know, read the devotional, read scripture together, talk about it. It just gave us an opportunity, right? We're both going to bed at some point. So like we utilized that time to to go through the Bible, and you can do that in, with a devotional. You can go through a book of the Bible or, like, read an actual book together. There are a lot of really great marriage books out there we really love from this day forward by Pastor Craig and Amy Groeschel. Yeah, that's an incredible one. And um, Sacred Marriage yes. by Gary Thompson mm-hmm. is, or Thomas, I don't remember. It's one of those. It starts with a T-H. Um, 
But uh, he talks all about how marriage is designed to not make you happy but holy. Yeah. And it talks all about about God's original design for marriage and what that should look like. It's yeah. a incredible one. And spending that daily time, you know, or spending that time together with Jesus is really important. Something like the U version plan that Tori and I do in the evenings, we're, we're not talking about a 30-minute thing. Mm-hmm. It's five minutes. Yeah. And, and we have the ability to spare five minutes at the end of our day so that we grow closer in our relationship with each other and yeah. with Jesus at the same time. Yeah. Go ahead and do that third yeah. thing. Yeah, and then the third thing is pray for and with each other. Pray for and with each other. Um, so it's super important not only to pray for your spouse, but to pray with them. Um, I have a prayer that I found slash tweaked um, that I uh, that's specifically for my husband. And that um, on the days when I started doing that, he was like, hey, are you praying for me? And I was like, yeah, why? He's like, I didn't know. I just felt like a shift in the spiritual atmosphere. Like, I can feel the days that you're praying for me. And so, like, it does have an impact, like, you praying over your spouse and then praying with each other. It's so important to, to pray with each other. We, during 21 Days of Prayer, we came up with a couple of things that we were like, hey, this is what we're praying for. And so, we got to stand together and pray for those things specifically and Man, we got to watch God do some really incredible things in that time. And we saw God answer some prayers in that season, and then we saw some delays right. on some things too. And, yeah. and you know, one of the things we wouldn't want you to think that every time you pray for something, it just comes to pass. Right. Uh, that's, I think, sometimes one of the best ways that God gives us, uh, imparts grace to us is with a no. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not settling for something that's less than God's best. Mm-hmm. But it's in those times where um, there's oftentimes you have no clue what I'm praying for, and I don't know what you're praying for. Right. So coming together and praying for and with each other really does make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, and it also gives us the ability to to, like, know, like, what are we struggling with? Like, if we're struggling with something or if, you know, we have a family member we're praying for or a situation that we're asking God to come through, it brings us closer together because then you can know what's on my heart and I can know what's on your heart. And it just brings us just that much more united. And to be united in prayer, man, like that's just so good. So good. It's super powerful. Here's the uh, second thing. Remember you're on the same team. Yes. Remember you're on the same team. Uh, Tori and I have gotten in the habit of uh, when we get into arguments, just looking at each other and going, hey, same same team, team, right? If uh, you grew up playing basketball, I I love watching little kids play rec basketball because there's always this moment where the ball gets loose and every kid runs as fast as they can. They dive and they're trying to grab the ball. And what ends up happening is there's this power struggle for who's going to have control in that moment. And then you hear the coach at the other end of the court just yelling like, same team, same team. And then you look up and you realize you've been fighting with your brother for the ball and you guys are, you know, on the same team. Those are real stories, right? Like, (laughs) you've got to remember that you're on the same team. Mm -hmm. That when God brought you together, uh, we're not, and I said this a few weeks ago, um, we don't fight to be right. We fight for resolution. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and the goal is not to figure out which one of us can have a power struggle to get the ball because right. we're on the same team. Right. The goal is not to be right. The goal is that we have resolution and we're able to move forward. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we as a as individuals, but also in a marriage, like we're not meant to compete with each other. We're meant to complement each other. Like we were not put here on this earth to say who's better than who. Like that's not our job. That's God's. Like our job is to come together and say, hey, man, like how do we work well? Like here's how we can work well together. And like my strengths complement with, well with your strengths and like I make up for some Your weaknesses. strengths definitely cover my weaknesses. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, because that's how, that's how the body of Christ works, right? You are, you are horrible at a lot of things. Yeah. Okay? But you're great at a few things. Right. And those things that you're great at, our world teaches us to just work on our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But God didn't create you uniquely so that you could spend your entire life working on the things you weren't designed to do. Right. When he created you uniquely, he made you so that you could live out those strengths mm-hmm. and that those strengths would glorify him. Yeah. But in addition to that, you weren't created to do life alone. Yeah. So what happens is God pairs you with somebody mm-hmm. whose weak, who your weaknesses are actually their strengths. Right. And it's the same in the body of Christ. So we come together as a church because all of the pieces work together so that the body can move forward. And right. so you're, I mean, spot on that we're yeah. called to, to complement each other and, and not to compete. Right. As you remember you're on the same team, I think it's really important that you recognize your real enemy. Yeah. We are, uh, we, we may war ha- and have struggles physically, mm-hmm. but every physical issue we have is actually rooted in a spiritual atmosphere. Right. You have a real enemy. And if my target is my spouse, I'm never going to fight and win in the, in the area of spiritual warfare if I keep going after the wrong enemy. Right. So Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. He says, put on all of God's armor, which if you've never read through Ephesians 6, it's incredible. God has given you all the tools you need to endure the struggles that we're going to face in this world. But he says, put on all the armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. The reason why that's important, and and we recognize that our battle is not against flesh and blood, is because of the way we're wired and designed, we target what's directly in front of us. That's why faith is so complicated sometimes, because faith is the evidence of things unseen. So when I walk by faith, it means that I, I I can't walk by faith and sight at the same time. So as we look at the real enemy and we identify, you're not my enemy. Right. We're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Yeah. Um, we've seen that there are times where the enemy's goal is to pin us against each other. Right. To create so much tension and strife and conflict that there's no way that we can move forward because we're just we're in this argument over and over right. and over again. But you're yeah. not my enemy. We're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share a really cool story about uh, <laughs> when we were first married. We lived in this 400-square-foot duplex, 
in Kannapolis and by duplex. I mean, it was a long house that somebody cut in half long ways. Yeah. Like, that's not how you make a duplex. Um, so that we rough. had a hallway and our bedroom. We had a hallway. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was what it was. And um, we had a dishwasher called Nick and Tori. Yeah. Because um, we didn't, like, we washed dishes. Mm. And, man, we got in fights every time we washed dishes. Like, we couldn't do dishes while the other person was in the house. They're from the devil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But, um, but, yeah, and I walked in one day, and I think I was already heated. Like, something had happened on the way home, so I already was coming in swinging. And he was doing dishes. I should have been excited. Like, that should have put Amen. the fire out right then and there that my, I walked into the house, and my husband is doing dishes. Yes. Um, I don't even remember any of the details to that story that led up to the conflict. No, I just remember you walked in the door and we went from zero to a hundred right. real fast. Yeah. And I was like, I must, I must have done something horrible. <laughs> you know? And here I am doing dishes. I think I'm doing the right thing, you know, and, yeah. and being all sweet. Yeah. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just remember like we started arguing and again, I have no idea what I was even mad about. Probably nothing. Um, but you, um, you were like not in, I don't know if you were teaching that week or what, but like you were not in the place to like be at, at wit's end with me. And so you just looked at me straight on and was like, look, we're going to stop this right now and pray because Satan is trying to use you. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I'll be very clear. Um, it worked for us, it, but it probably it, won't work it, for you. Yeah, and, and I can't, I'm not going to answer the email when you say, Pastor, I went home, my wife started, and I just looked there and said, the devil's using you. I wouldn't, I don't recommend that at all. But for us in that moment, Tor, Tori has uh, grown to love my bluntness at times. Um, but in that moment for us, it was that recognition that you're not my enemy. We're on the same team. And the goal for us is, is not to, to fight with one another. We've got way more battles that are taking place in the spiritual realm yeah. that we need to identify. We've even seen that, and, and then I know we got to keep rolling. Um, but uh, have you ever noticed, um, we, we jokingly, we call these scrambler demons. Oh, yes. um, so uh, you'll say something, husbands, you'll say something to your wife, but by the time it hits her ear, she heard something totally different. And she goes and she looks at you and she says, you said this. And you're like, I'm not that dumb. I would never say that. But it's the enemy. And his goal is to pin us against each other. And we've got to recognize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think arguments and fights in marriage is not an if but a when like they happen things happen um and so i think probably our best recommend recommendation for you when those fights come is to honor each other with your words to honor each other with your words and this is something that you and i are still working on well me this is something that i'm working on you do great with this um but um but of of speaking to the action and not attaching something to the person's character. And so to say something about the verb but not the noun. Like I can say you are doing this, but not you are this. 
And so being super intentional with what we say, because what we say matters. And Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 29, do not use harmful words, but only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. So this is words of affirmation. So if you're not familiar with the five love languages, they are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gifts. And if you're not familiar with those five love languages, you should go online, do the assessment Mm -hmm. to find out what love language your spouse has. Because it does make a difference in the way that they receive and give love. Yes. Yes. So the way that you receive love is through words of affirmation. And so for me, what I have to catch is what I'm saying matters. Like what I say in moments of frustration, whether I mean it or not, because sometimes in the heat of the moment, you just say things and you look back and you're like, no, I totally didn't mean to say that. But once the words are out, you can't get them back. And so you have to be super intentional to honor each other with your words. And one of the things that we teach our leaders um, about honor, I think, I think our culture lacks honor in a lot of ways, and we desperately need to get it back. Right. Um, honor is not based on the actions of another person, but the character that God's developing within you. That's right. Like, honor is actually an integrity thing. Yeah. So if I can't honor you unless you honor me, then I don't understand honor. Yeah. Because my integrity has a breakdown. But when I understand that there's a standard of living that God's called me to, no matter what you do, say, or anything, I can still honor you. I can honor you and disagree with you. It's all about the character that God's developing within you. And words do play a big role in the way that we honor each other. Mm -hmm. I love that Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life live in your tongue. And the reason why words matter so much is because with every word you speak, it's either going to be bringing death or life to an individual. Mm -hmm. There's not a middle ground. Death and life live in the power of the tongue. So as you and I use our words, let's use them wisely. Let's build each other up and speak life over our spouse, and speak life over your spouse, even if you're not seeing it yet. Even if there's still things that you're working on, you have to choose, I think, to look past everything that's going on and really believe what's best in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing that we have for you is you can't change the past, but today you can change the future. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what we know. Um, Divorce rates in our country are over 50%. Um, and I, I think, so, so, so just in perspective for a second, if there are 10 married couples in this room, that means five of you could be considering divorce. If that's the case and you came in today and you feel like you've messed up, the good news of Jesus is that what was once dead can be brought back to life. Yeah. The good news is that you're never too far gone, that You can't change what happened in the past, but today you can begin fresh. And you can believe that God's best days are not behind for your marriage, but are ahead. And I love what um, the old, like, Chinese proverb is, is that the the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. 
but the second best time is today. So we can't change what happened in the past. We can't change what we didn't do or live with regret of all the things that we could have done. But today we do have the ability to make the decision Mm -hmm. to begin new, to start fresh and really come together. And maybe it's that our foundation isn't built on Jesus. Well, today we can throw a stake in the ground and make our foundation the hope of the world, Mm -hmm. which is Jesus. Yeah. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So some things, you know, looking at our relationship, there have been times where I think each of us have determined there's something in our heart that we need to make a shift in. There's something that that we have been doing over and over and over again and trying to fix it and it not working but when we get to the root of it when we get to the heart issue is when that change happens when we release what we've been holding on to um I know that um for me I definitely for years and years and years um have held on to something that I released and man the weight that was lifted off of the like breath of fresh air that I felt, the new wave and wind of, of the spirit that I felt after that, of letting it go and saying this is not worth holding on to because it's hurting me. And so of being able to, if you're holding on to something, you can let it go. You don't have to keep holding on to that. When- That's what that Ezekiel verse is all about. Can we pull that verse up one more time? I'll give you a new heart. It doesn't say I'll fix the one you have. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone. When we hold on to hurts and we hold on to offense, what happens is we end up getting bitter and bitterness hardens our heart. And the harder, for, for some of us, our hearts have become so hard, but we don't realize it. But what used to hurt when our spouse said something doesn't hurt anymore. It's not because you got used to it. It's because your heart became hard. And what used to penetrate the, the flesh of your heart no longer has the ability to do that because there's rock in the way. It's a heart of stone. But today, God can take that heart of stone and he can shift it. Because every problem that we experience in marriage and every problem that we experience in our lives is actually a heart issue. Jesus says it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Proverbs says that the heart is the wellspring of life, that everything we do flows from that. And so we could come up here today and we could talk uh, about, you know, five behaviors that you could do to show your spouse love, but it would be behavior modification. The gospel is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation, that you and I are changed because God does that transformational work where he takes that heart of stone and he puts within us a new heart and he changes us from the inside out. And so I believe today that there are some marriages that, hey, maybe you're here or maybe you're watching online right now and you just say, man, my marriage is not where I want it to be. 
for just a moment with every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. Hey, if you're here and you'd say, hey, my marriage is not where I want it to be. But today I want to throw my foundation on Jesus. I want to make sure that the foundation of my marriage is built on him and and that together my spouse and I can begin fresh and begin new. Would you just lift your hand for a moment and say, hey, that's me. Come on. I'm going to pray over marriages, but but then I'm going to ask you to keep your head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Hey, Father, we love you so much. (laughs) And we thank you, God, that we in you have the ability to begin again. We can't change what's happened in the past. We can't do anything about it. But we know that in you, our best days are ahead, Lord. So for every marriage, we proclaim and declare that the foundation is built on the rock, that the foundation is built on you and you alone. We ask you, God, to strengthen marriages. We bind the enemy from the attacks that he would have against it. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. I believe that there are some people in here today that maybe this doesn't have to do with your marriage at all. But individually, your foundation is not on Jesus. Maybe you recognize that you've got a heart of stone and today need a new heart. If that's you, would you just boldly declare that by lifting your hand today? Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Will you say this after me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.